Blog Talk Radio. And I by Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today our guest is Rachel Reimers. We're going to be talking about IVF with PGD um, and looking more at the disclosed side of it um, versus undisclosed. Um, And I really wanted Rachel to come on the show and and share her personal story um, with or about IVF with PGD. So, um, Rachel, can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes, yes. Thank you for asking me to do this, Lauren. I'm really excited to share my story. Um, uh, when I met my husband, he told me he was at risk for HD. Um, and um, ironically enough, I was pretty familiar with HD. Um, we had um, uh, one of my, I think my kindergarten teacher, her family was affected by HD. And we had a member of our church who was affected by HD. So, um, I knew a little bit about it. Um, I also work for Social Security Disability, so um, I do adjudicate claims um, from time to time um, with HD. Um, so I knew what that meant right away, and I kind of, in the back of my mind, just, you know, on our first date, was like, okay, how do we proceed with kids? Um, I knew a little bit about IVF, um, didn't really know a whole lot about PGD, genetic testing, um, or that there was kind of correlation at all for that. Um, So as we got more serious in our relationship, we talked about marriage and kids, um, we um, did some more research on it and just kind of educated ourselves with um, how it works. Um, We got married, um, I think it was just a month after our wedding, we met with our local fertility clinic, Mid-Iowa Fertility, and um, we went over kind of the process, the steps, and how that works. I'm very blessed, very fortunate that my insurance um, does cover IVF. It does not cover the genetic testing, but another blessing is that my husband's insurance that he has through his job um, covers a small portion of that genetic testing. So we just really pay out of pocket for the medication, um, which is great. Um, We have a a two-and-a-half-year-old, almost two-and-a-half-year-old, who is um, HD-free. It's um, the most proud thing, I guess I could say, is knowing that we don't know if my husband um, is affected with HD and his family. Um, His dad passed from it um, eight years ago now. So um, that has chosen at this time to not get tested. Um, But we do know that our our daughter, um, Remington, does not have HD. So um, it's been a huge blessing for our family. Kind of how I say it is, 
IVF with PGD is the only cure that we have right now. So we're stopping it, <laughs> you know, in our family, um, in the Reimers family. And that's really um, reassuring um, to, to know that. Um, yeah, any future children, we will go through the same process to do that. Um, so that's kind of just the short version of a long story, I guess, with my journey. Um, I can answer any other specific questions about the process, anything like that. Yeah. Um, well, first, I wanted to point out, so Matt doesn't know his status, correct? Correct. Matt does not know. Nope. He's chosen at this time to not, to not get tested. Okay. So how has that made the process for IVF with PGD different? Like normally if you do, um, like if you know your status, they're going to tell you what? They're going to tell you how many? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the first time or? we've been through, yeah, the first time we've been through three rounds of IVF total. Um, the first time was with one company, and then this last two rounds actually were um, – uh, the company was bought out by another company, I guess. So the first time was kind of um, on paper. I think it was noted as undisclosed. We don't know, you know. Um, but when you get the bill, you can kind of add everything up together, you know, like how many we spent for testing, things like that. Um, we were told, I don't know if it was supposed to be that way, and I'm not trying to, like, get anyone in trouble by any means at all, but um, they did tell us, just when you get out of surgery, out of the egg retrieval, they say, you know, the first time I had 14 eggs, um, and then they always, you know, with statistics, they say, you know, if your age is a factor, I'm almost 36, um, and then we did the PGD and PGS, actually, so that kind of makes everything into a, you know, much smaller category, so he said, you know, look to expect this number, you know, um, with, I don't, I think the first time through it was, you know, a 27 and a half percent chance that we would get one back or however many, but, um, we did know the first time the numbers, um, and the last two times we didn't, I think maybe because it's company policy with the genetics company. I'm not quite sure. Um, right. but they just said, you know, you got, you had this many eggs. I knew that. Um, then you got, you know, you had this many, you know, you have some, and we sent some, a few less, you know. Um, but, but then when we get our bill from the genetics company, um, we can do the math <laughs> to figure it out because we know it's this much just to do it, you know, $1,000 just to do it. And then for each embryo after that is a certain um, flat rate, I guess, too. So we didn't, we weren't told from the fertility clinic this time, but we did the math ourselves. So, gotcha. But that yeah. knowing um, is not necessarily related to Huntington's, right? Like people can have so many that aren't that or they're not good. Is that right? Ask that again. I'm sorry. So, like, whenever you you weren't disclosed the information, um, but but you know, you said you figured out doing the math. That doesn't necessarily mean it was related to Huntington's, though, right? Because oh, um, right, yeah. it could have been any number of conditions, or it was just absolutely you like know, just like bad. a basic, like abnormal, like a chromosomal abnormality. Um, gotcha. You know, like how it was kind of explained to me, and I hope I can explain it correctly. Um, 
when women have miscarriages. It's, you know, early on, it's because it was just an abnormal chromosome. Um, and that could have actually been what was with a lot of them, not saying that they were all affected with HD, um, but just, and our fertility doctor right away said humans are the worst at reproducing. You know, it's it's very hard for humans to reproduce um, because of, you know, not every egg is good, not every sperm is good, and not every embryo ends up being a good embryo either. So, yeah, not knowing, you know, the end is closed with Huntington's. It's 50-50 for Huntington's, as we know, um, but with age mm-hmm. factored in there. And then the PGS testing, te- testing factored in there, too, um, it kind of makes everything a little bit smaller. If I was 22 going through this, it would probably be a whole lot different. Right, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> it does. It makes perfect sense. And how, so you said you went through three um, three cycles? Three rounds, yeah. Um, the three first rounds. one we went through with Remington, um, right, after we got married. Um, that was successful. We had one come back, and it was Remy. Um, and then we tried again in October, um, and it was unsuccessful. We didn't have any embryos come back. Um, and then we went back to back. We did another round, and um, we're actually waiting for implantation for another one. So we did get one back this round too. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, it's very exciting. We're we're very exciting. It was kind of um, part of IVF is it's amazing when it works, and it's gut wrenching when it doesn't. Um, I can't imagine the couples that go through infertility, you know, unexplained or explained. They go month after month after trying, you know, to have a baby and can't get pregnant on their own, um, and then go through IVF and again have it be a loss. I mean, Matt and I have never tried on our own to get pregnant, um, but it was it was it was a kick in the gut, you know, that second time that it, we went through it because it was just so easy with Remy, it just worked, you know, and then the second time it didn't, and it was like you know you put your body through a lot, you emotionally are preparing for another baby. And it, it didn't work. Um, our mind frame kind of changed that, that third round. Be, yeah, that was be my next question was, you know, how, how hard was that to go through, you know, having to do three rounds and, and not, you know, having one not work? Yeah, um, it, was, it was hard. There was a little piece of me, and I call it a God wink. Um, I'm a very faithful person, and I, I just feel like God was preparing my heart for it to maybe – not work because with running I didn't have a glimpse of of anything it was I was hopeful the whole time there was a doubt in my mind that it wasn't going to work and it did the second time I thought okay Rachel you're older now just because it worked the first time doesn't mean it didn't um and I was like I'll be okay if it doesn't I will be okay and I was I mean it was there's a lot of tears a lot of heartache um but we just kind of picked ourselves back up and tried again um, and I changed my mind frame. It's going to work, and, you know, whatever, and if it doesn't, God knows our path. You know, he knows it's not our time yet for a, another baby. So um, I was obviously ecstatic. <laughs> um, going back to back IVF rounds was very hard on my body. Um, my husband will probably tell you it was very hard on me emotionally, too, um, mm-hmm. just the hormones, you know, getting on and off, and, the roller coaster with that, but um, 
the the recovery time after egg retrieval was much harder because I don't I don't know if that's a common thing. I don't know if it was just me, but I didn't really give my body that much of a break, much of a rest between the two back to back that we did. Um, it was hard on my body, but again, it worked, so it was worth it. You know, so it comes back to um, in a different presentation I did um, about this. I spoke with the um, the fertility doctor that we had done IVF with and he said you know it's amazing when it works and it's really sucks when it doesn't and that's absolutely true absolutely true yeah and I'm so excited for you guys that you're you're trying and um, um, so hopefully baby number two yes hopefully hopefully we will implant um, I'll get my body ready um, medication and about the next probably a week and a half to two weeks, I'll be on medication. Um, they do the progesterone and estrogen um, for a few weeks just um, since you're getting pregnant naturally, your body doesn't know to get that shift. Um, do that for a couple of weeks and implantation. I'm guessing if if it's the same time frame as it was with Remy, it'll be probably around the end of July. So we're very hopeful, saying a lot of prayers that, that this and baby down the street <laughs> from us because the fertility yeah. clinic is literally just down the street from us that um, it's ready and wanting to like my body and, and hang around. So yeah, we're, we're ecstatic. We're very excited. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Thank you know, you. I, I know having, obviously I didn't do IVF with PGD cause I didn't have the chance. Um, mm-hmm. But just knowing, you know, how it feels to, to be pregnant, to have Zoe, um, it's so exciting. It's such an exciting thing. So I'll definitely be thinking of you guys and thank you checking in and making sure that you're okay. Yeah, I um, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and so the other thing, you were mentioning hormones and that being hard on the body, and you actually mentioned the names of the hormones, progesterone and estrogen. Now, those are usually, mm-hmm. I know the progesterone is an injection. Um, yes. Is yep. that like an injection you have to do every day? Yeah, every day for, I can't even remember how many weeks it was. Eight, maybe? Eight weeks, I think, is when we were kind of, we graduated from the fertility clinic and we, we quit that. Um, Matt, it's in my glute, like in my upper like flank area. Um, Matt gave those shots to me every night. And it's a time thing, it has to be, you know, you do it at 7 o'clock or you know, within a 10-minute window every night. Um, those weren't fun, but it's doable. I'm not afraid of needles. It's just the thought every night of <laughs> getting a shot kind of like, yeah. oh, weighs on you. Um, but I think there was so much excitement, and there will be again. You know, you're getting your body ready for a baby. And then after, you know, because you'll start that, I think, for a week before implantation, you're getting your body ready for a baby. So it's exciting, you know, so you just deal with it. Um, and then you continue them after for a few weeks after you're pregnant. So again, that excitement is there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for my baby. I'm doing this to keep this baby sustained in my body. Um, it's, it's worth it. It really, it really is worth it. So, um, and then the other drug is um, estrogen. And um, with Remington, it was patches that I would just have on my abdomen. It was three patches or four patches. I think it was three. You change out every three days. Um, and But this round, the nurse said they're doing just oral oral pills. 
so that mm-hmm. would be nice. <laughs> It'd be a lot easier. But yeah. So would you have any advice for somebody who's wanting to or is considering um, doing IVF with PGD? Oh, goodness. Find a good team, friends, family, therapist. Um, Just because IVF is emotional as it is, and then throwing the factor in is why am I doing this? You think it's not fair. Like, I shouldn't have to do this and get pregnant this way when it's so much easier for everyone else. Um, I didn't really think that the first round of IVF, to be honest, because I was so excited. I just got married and we were planning for a baby. Um, and then the the second round we did, this is just last October, um, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't mind doing it, but it's like it's just not fair because we have this dark cloud over our head every day wondering, is my husband sick? Will he get sick? Does he have HD? You know, if you drop something, is it, is it, are the signs starting? You know, things like that. Why this isn't fair. Um, find a good team. Find a good clinic. Do your research on your clinic. Um, I can't say enough good things about Mid-Iowa Fertility here in Des Moines, Iowa. It's top-notch. The doctor, the doctors are amazing. The nurses are heaven-sent. They are angels. Um, so kind. Um, and take care of yourself really, um, it's, it's like I've said before, it's amazing when it works and it's a heartache when it doesn't. Um, but I would say do your research on, on the clinic that you're going to. Um, and there's another one. Um, we were going to start out at the University of Iowa just because Matt has done some research. Um, since his dad, when his dad was diagnosed, Matt knew he was at risk, so he did a lot of research for at-risk um, people. And that's an hour and a half drive. Um, and we went down the street to Mid-Iowa. I mean, it's literally a five-minute drive from our house, and you're there a lot. You have a lot of questions. You want your team. You want you you want to feel comfortable. Um, I know a lot of people are very quiet about IVF um, and IVF PGD. I'll scream it. I'll talk about it because I it it's near and dear to my heart. I don't want to be secretive about it. Um, the first round when I went through with Remy, I kind of had a friend connect me with a mutual friend of hers, and she was going through the exact same phases as I was. Um, I think our kids are two and a half weeks apart, so we connected on Facebook, and we would send messages every day to each other because she understood what I was going through, and I understood what she was going through, so it was kind of just uh, a relief um, that you get it. You know, my husband was a great support but it wasn't his body going through these wild roller coasters and um, mm-hmm. the mental side of it too. You know, um, it's it's an amazing process. Medicine and science is wonderful. Um, we can, of course, as we know, be hopeful that there will be a cure someday so that this doesn't even have to be a topic. But um, until then, I would be willing to talk to anyone about it just to listen to them, you know, and, give advice or my opinion or whatever, it just find a good team, I guess, would be my, my best piece of advice on that. Let me ask you just a follow-up question on, because you had uh-huh. mentioned that it was harder this time um, worrying about Matt and everything. Do you feel that mm-hmm. um, that if you knew his genetic status, it would be any easier? 
Oh gosh, I'm asking those these questions a lot. Um, yes and no. Yes, if we would find out that he doesn't have HD, of course it would be easier. Um, but if we found out he would, um, two sides to it. I think it would be a blessing that we would know to prepare. Um, and we kind of live each day as um, he does. Do, you know, you hope for the best, but play in for the worst, I guess. Um, we try to live our lives as happy and carefree as we can. Um, life is certainly not perfect. Our relationship isn't perfect, but we always come, you know, become grounded and think, is this really worth it? You know, an argument or this or a purchase, whatever. Um, we prepare financially, you know, what if Matt can't, can only work for 10 more years, you know, um, and only bring income in for 10 more years. What if? Um, so, yeah, I'm asked that question a lot, actually. And, you know, people ask me, well, you're the wife. What do you want? You know, do you want him to get tested? And it's, I, I am his wife and we are a team, but ultimately it's up to him. And I, I mean, he told me he was at risk for the first date and we dated for years, you know. If I wasn't willing to be his support and his person and love him no matter what, then I would have walked away. But I never thought of that. Um, God doesn't put you in a situation that you can't handle, even though it might be really hard. Um, He doesn't. So, yeah, I mean, if he could go get tested tomorrow and he wouldn't have it, yeah, things would be a lot easier. And I think things would be sometime, at some point, you know, a lot harder if we would know too. So it's mm-hmm. tough question. <laughs> Very tough question, yeah. But a, but a, but a good Rachel, one. I, a really good question because I've asked that a lot, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's a tough question What, no matter if you're a loved one or the person actually directly affected by it and, yeah. um, you know, I've I've tested and I can't I think some days that it would have been better had I not you know other days mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm very glad that I did because I feel like knowledge is power so it's you know it's absolutely thing. It's absolutely the roller mm-hmm. um that it always is but yeah um, no and that's Rachel I, I absolutely it, love you I love how genuine you are I you know you're just amazing and I truly oh, appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your yes, experience yes yes I look up to you, and you're amazing. I love following your journey, and I'm so glad we connected. I'm so glad and with Katie and Katrina and so many other women that I just am in awe of how strong you all are and how dedicated and how just overall amazing you all are. So thank you for, for asking me to speak and tell my story, and I would tell it a million times over because I'm so passionate about it and 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 all of it. <laughs> so thank you. And you should be. Yeah, absolutely. And wishing you all the best with baby number two, hopefully. Thank you, Lauren. Um, yes, thank you. We will, of course, keep you posted. <laughs> yep, I'll follow you on Facebook. <laughs> yes, of course. I'm going to let you go. Um, all right. And we'll go ahead and end the show here. But um, you have a great day. You too. Thank you, Lauren. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.